By the end of the day, I want everybody's password to be unique. Hi, this is Greg Young. And this is Bill Malik. And you're listening to Real Cybersecurity. This is a special set of Real Cybersecurity briefings because we're celebrating this month. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Nothing else like it, folks. In the house, week three. Oh, it seems like it was just week two. And we we're like, you know, not even half over. And now it's like the sad part. <laughs> Cybersecurity Awareness Month is like almost behind us now. It's it's half gone. Oh, but do you know what, though? Every month is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month in my books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we aren't going to let that one go. No, sir. It's important. Nope. That's important. And this is a very important topic this week. It's password management. And we want to remind people, passwords can be strong or can be weak. But once they're compromised, once they're out there, then the bad guys are going to use them fairly quickly. Uh, so for this reason, a couple of things have changed and I, I want to hit these right up front, Greg. Two things have changed from when we started using password. The first thing that's changed is the concept of what a strong password is. And the second thing that's changed is the notion that you should change your password every three months or so. And I'm going to debunk both of those. So let me hop onto my soapbox. A strong password is not a password that has a lot of ridiculous characters in it. A password should be something that is hard to guess, but easy to remember. And hard to guess means not just by a person who knows you, but hard to guess by a very powerful computer that already has a dictionary full of uh, passwords to attack. So how do you defeat that? You defeat it with length. Longer is better. So here's a statistic. You want to make up a password, so you say, okay, I'm going to use, I just left my club and I'm smoking a pipe, so I'll use club pipe. According to tests that were run in 2018, cracking a password, C-L-U-B-P-I-P-E, takes about five seconds. If you replace the I with the number one, you've increased the complexity of the point. Now it takes a full minute. On the other hand, if you say, not only did I leave the club and I'm smoking a pipe, but I'm by the seashore and I hear waves, the password club pipe wave takes four weeks. Changing the C to a capital C and the I to a one, that's 3,000 years. But if I say club pipe wave and, oh, there's a dog in the distance barking, club pipe wave barking, 16 billion years. That should be enough. <laughs> That should be enough. No special characters, no capitals. Just just throw together a few words. Here's one you should not use. Club pipe wave barking. Here's another one. Picture yourself in a boat. Yeah, yeah. It popped right in there. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Opening line from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Any simple string of regular old English words going beyond about 12 characters is going to be massively difficult to guess. Using an eight-character password and replacing a lowercase with an uppercase, replacing a letter with a number, or replacing an E with an ampersand or any of that, that's nonsense. In fact, the National Institute of Standards and Technology gave up on that. They published an updated guidance on passwords. Don't go for 
ridiculous, complex looking stuff, computers go through that real fast. Just go for long. And the other one I'm going to climb on is this change the password every three or six months. That's also nonsense. When the bad guys get your password, they're going to use it that afternoon or the next day. You're not saving anything from anyone by changing it three months down the road. The bad guys have already gotten in, gotten your banking credentials, taken over your VPN, redirected your uh, URLs, you know, you're hosed by noon tomorrow if they get the password. So there, and you're a big advocate of this, is the reason for password managers. Yep, big fan of them. Uh, by the way, before I talk about password managers, I would like to say as a shop steward with NUCW, that's the National Union of Cybersecurity Workers. Uh, that's not a real union. I just made that up. But uh, we don't like passwords any more than you do. So uh, you can rightly blame all cybersecurity people for making life difficult, but we don't like the whole password regime that we're in. Nobody does. <clears throat> Even some of the experts that Bill and I have worked with in this field, uh, guys like, you know, Ant Allen and others who are masters of identity and access management, the great luminaries of the world, you would think they'd be big proponents of it. Even they hate them because in its crudest form, it's uh, bad. But management of passwords, see, that's where we start to go. And these automatic password management tools you can use are fantastic because they do two things. Is one, they will randomly give you give you big long random strong passwords that you don't have to remember they will change them as required they obfuscate them they hide them from you so you don't even know them well you have a master password that you have to know but the rest of them you're not exposing all the time or being fooled so it's uh, it's a fantastic thing so it makes sure strong passwords and it makes them harder to grab and you're not writing them down so i i love them i use them diligently. They're hard to use the first time. It takes a little couple of steps, but once you start using them, it's just such a breeze. Filled automatically, and they only fill them in the right sites as well. Uh, they're smart enough to spot when it's a uh, it's a phony site. So you get two things going for you, password management and only entering the, in the same site. So come on, use one. There's some inexpensive or free ones out there. So yeah, that's the, the best thing you can do besides just be careful with them. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. The other thing that I'm kind of jazzed about is the idea of using uh, multi-factor authentication. That means when I log on to, let's say, Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you, I provide a user ID and password, and then it's going to ask me for a credential. There are a number of these. There are authenticator apps. There's one from Google. There's one from uh, Microsoft. And they will generate a code that you then use to validate your authority and say, okay, we don't recognize the browser you're coming in on. So we're going to send a text message or you should enter the code from your, well, guess what? If whoever's trying to get out of that site doesn't have your phone or has a phone that isn't configured with the uh, correct app and synced to your ID, then they're not going to be able to pass that second test. Multi-factor authentication, really, really nice way. I would, I would recommend it very strongly for all social media applications. Absolutely. Huh. The amount of stuff the bad guys can get off of, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook, and Twitter and TikTok and so on is, is vast anyway. But what's even worse is when somebody grabs your account and starts sending invites and accumulating a list of connections. You just don't want to, you don't want to go there. You want to, you know, protect that. So yeah, password, sure. Password manager, better. And then the multi-factor authentication, best. Now, there was an article recently by, was it Microsoft, saying that the phone-based short message type password is not as secure as using their authenticator app? What did, what did the referees have to say about that play? <laughs> I think I think they basically said, uh, 
hogwash. Was it Pescatore who came out and said uh, the difference in security between using an authenticator versus using an SMS is trivial compared to the difference in security between using SMS and just relying on a static password. So yeah, use one of these things. Use one of these things. You don't want to have your credentials stolen. You don't want to have people getting your uh, banking information. There are so many bad things that can happen when folks are able to impersonate you. It's just good practice. It's good cyber hygiene. And that doesn't mean come up with a really great password and use the same one everywhere. Right. Uh, because once it's cracked somewhere, <laughs> and they crack it everywhere else. It's it's good to have, uh, you know, one practice that some people use is have very valuable password. If you have to share it amongst, if you do have to share it for some reason, then, you know, share it amongst a, uh, you know, your high value ones. And then, you know, the kind of the, the lower value ones, you could do that. But at the end of the day, that's just, once again, you get back in the same problem of sharing passwords. So the, the password manager fixes that, then, then you're not going to be uh, guessable. Yeah. Don't make me say the word entropy because I will. <laughs> I will prevent you from saying the word entropy. We should all avoid entropy. Entropy is unlife. <laughs> now we have to explain what entropy is. It's how it's one measure of password strength of how sort of uh, strong it is based on the uh, how many bits it would be involved to guess it using a coin toss is one uh, one sort of definition. Yeah. And and there again the longer the password the greater the entropy and whether using 26 characters or Let's add capital letters, and so you're now talking 52, and let's add numbers, so you're now 62 and a handful of special characters. There's between 26 and 70 characters as opposed to a 10 versus a 14-character-long password. There's no contest. Length is far, 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 far better than the number of uh, options you have for a particular character position. Yeah. And so many people put like numbers at the end. It's just, it's, you know, that has to be guessable by modern, modern attack systems. Yep. So another uh, tip uh, used as well for uh, literary folks, if you have a favorite uh, poetry line or something, you can use the first letter in each of those, uh, you know, words in a quote, pick your favorite one and uh, mm -hmm. get a good Kipling poem or something. Or what would yours be? Oh, the one that I've used a couple times is picture yourself in a boat on a river. P-Y-I-A-B. Yeah. Even if you have a... That sounds very strong. Your license plate tag is Fab Four, and you've got a picture of the Beatles in your office. They're still not going to be able to figure out which song and which line. Picture Boat River. That's, that's a great one there, too. So. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't use that now that we've publicized it, but you get the idea. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're giving up all our, all our good ones. We're having to dig down into the more obscure songs and poetry. So that's right. getting into uh, yeah. some very obscure Czech jazz tunes or something. Yeah. Jazz tune titles. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Some, some really dark, you know, some Dylan Thomas, right? Uh, do not go gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or some Kipling, like, uh, you know, when you're lying, dying on the Afghan plains and the women come out to pick the remains. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, timeless. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's, uh, that should be the uh, the honorary uh, or the poet laureate for our Cybersecurity Awareness Month. There we go. Who would your poet be for that? So I've, I've, I've lobbed up Kipling. Who would be your, your glum poet? A glum poet? Well, in a perverse way, it would be Dylan Thomas. Um, he had a defiant posture towards death. I find that to be you know, strong and uh, life-affirming in a highly ironical way. So he's there. Um, certainly Poe comes to mind. Ah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to use Nevermore as their password. 
<laughs> yes, this is a true story, folks. There was a bank in uh, New York in the 90s where a test was run to see how long it would take to crack passwords. And it was reported to the chief information officer that two-thirds of the passwords in use by the employees of this bank in their headquarters location in New York, I won't tell you the name, but it did start with a C, Two-thirds of those passwords could be guessed in one minute or less. Mm. And so the chief information officer got on the PA system for the headquarters location, and he reported the results, and then he told his people, by the end of the day, I want everybody's password to be unique. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Now... There are two ways to hear that directive. <laughs> and guess what? Uh, yeah, you and I, Q-U-E. Not, not unique, but unique. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when you're when you're giving guidance, you have to be very, very explicit about what it is. But yeah, just go with go with length. Go with a lot of words. And if your site doesn't accept a password over eight characters long, yeah. stop using that application. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a honey trap. And if you're being forced to change it every six weeks or something, we apologize. That's not the security people. It's audit and compliance. Blame them. Yeah. And that message is brought to you by the National Union of Cybersecurity Work. Hmm. Local 231. <laughs> that's a two th- oh, that's right. That's right. We did change. We did split. <laughs> okay. Very good. So use passwords smartly and you will be able to protect yourself, protect your friends, protect your business, protect your social media, protect your reputation. Gosh, there's so many things you can, you can protect by using passwords smartly. Strong, unique passwords. Make them all, make them, make all, them unique. all unique. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, this is Greg Young. And this is Bill Malik signing off for Real Cybersecurity. That brings us to the end of this edition of Real Cybersecurity. I'm Greg Young. And I'm Bill Malik. Thanks for your time and attention today and joining us on our journey. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Real Cybersecurity. And our email address is podcast at realcybersecurity.net. Thanks.